The New Orleans Saints have done it before, but can they do it again? Can they fluster Desmond Ritter all the way to a W? We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Big thank you to all you everydayers out there. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, don't forget you can become a Locked on Saints insider by simply texting HUDAT to 504-285-7473 to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays on the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. In today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, it's kind of like an early game plan episode. We're going to discuss how to limit the Atlanta Falcons offense because if the Saints can take away one element, then that should crumble the rest of what it is that the Atlanta Falcons want to do on that side of the football, assuming the Saints don't give up some production elsewhere. We're going to take a look at quarterback Desmond Ritter, though, for the majority of the show. We're going to be taking a look at where it is that Ritter can win against this New Orleans Saints offense, including a common annoyance amongst the New Orleans Saints defense and for the New Orleans Saints defense. And to kick it all off, we're going to take a look at how the New Orleans Saints can combat Desmond Ritter. Because if the New Orleans Saints do one thing and one thing only, Desmond Ritter will not be able to produce effectively against the Saints. And that is simply get pressure on him. They don't even have to get to him. They don't even have to finish plays at him. All they got to do is get pressure on Desmond Ritter. And all of a sudden, that dude falls away. And that's exactly what it is that the New Orleans Saints want to get done. So you want to know what works against Desmond Ritter? It is pressure. Right now, he is tied for the second highest Pressure to sack percentage amongst the 30 quarterbacks in the NFL that have taken at least 200 dropbacks so far this season. Ahead of him, only Daniel Jones, who was sacked like 80 times in a single game, multiple times earlier on this season. And he's tied with Sam Howell in that same metric as well. About 26% of the times that Desmond Ritter is pressured, he gives away the sack. And I think that is big for this New Orleans Saints defense that's looking for a pass rush to gain a little bit of confidence and gain a little bit of rhythm. Just so you know where Derek Carr is in that equation, he is 17th of 30, so he's right in the middle of the pack. Not only does he give up those plays at the quarterback, but he also has a 61.1 passer rating when under pressure and a 47.6 completion rate, which is down from a mid-70s, or I'm sorry, a low 70s completion percentage. So a big time drop-off in both of those metrics. So you can see that he gets flustered very, very easily. So this is where guys like Cam Jordan, 
early season Carl Granderson, who's already got five and a half sacks on the season. Tano Passigno, somebody who has been um, very, very helpful for the New Orleans Saints, and maybe even Jason Pierre-Paul, if the Saints do indeed get him involved. They have him on the practice squad right now. Will they call him up for this game? Feels likely, but we'll see how quickly he settles in with the Saints defensive system first. But the Saints are going to be looking to get some pressure on Desmond Ritter. And honestly, one of the things that I think that they should also be looking to do, supplemental pressure. Utilizing Demario Davis as a blitzer. He is a fantastic blitzer, and he tends to finish when he gets to quarterbacks. Uh, finding ways to get some of those other blitzers involved as well, whether they be from the slot, from the safety spot, Pete Werner, finding more ways to just supplement and create pressure um, against Desmond Ritter. You, you should do it because this is going to be a game where you'll absolutely see it pay off, whether you're getting to him and you're getting him down or you're not. That's going to be big for this New Orleans Saints team because even if he gets the passes out, as we've seen, we see the completion percentage drop from 71% to 47.6%. We see the passer ratings uh, uh, plummet as well. So there's lots of good stuff there for you to be able to do. The other metric that you can measure in terms of the effectiveness of pressure on him, even if you don't finish the play at the quarterback, is the turnover pass rate. Turnover-worthy pass rate doubles from 4% to 8.8%, so more than doubles going into that. So that's pretty big too. And especially if you're a New Orleans Saints team with 18 turnovers on the season and you're going up against a team that loves to turn the ball over like the Atlanta Falcons, pressuring the quarterback is absolutely a way to do that, whether it's by forcing yet another fumble loss where the Atlanta Falcons have had a ton of trouble so far this season, or whether it's forcing another interception where they've given up seven, they've only got five that they've taken away on their on, on their defensive side. So finding ways to do that. And as we examined later, early, uh, later last week, that the New Orleans Saints, when they force turnovers and score off those turnovers, they win games. Literally five out of five times that they have scored off of a turnover, they have won the game so far this season. So maximizing their opportunity to do that here against the Atlanta Falcons will be pivotal. The other thing to take a look at is that he plays fast and loose when it comes to short and intermediate areas. A lot of his interceptions have come not downfield on the inaccurate areas. In fact, he's actually been quite accurate there, a little bit over 50% completion percentage going down the field. Very good, actually, in that area. But when it comes to between or within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage, he puts the ball in harm's way quite a bit. Maybe it's that he gets too comfortable in that area of the field, right? Don't have to do a lot to get the ball to the receiver there. Don't have to push. Well, if you don't, that's going to hang it up and give players an opportunity to go and take those away. So there's a little bit of that, a little bit of sailing passes, things like that. Just a little inaccuracies that come with being a young quarterback in the NFL. He performs much worse having to read through zone coverage than he does attacking man coverage. And for the New Orleans Saints, who have played a lot of zone coverage so far this year, maybe this is an opportunity where you see the zone coverage actually pay off from. We've watched it bite them in the butt a lot so far this season. We saw that against Indianapolis, certainly saw that against Minnesota. Um, the Saints have played a lot of cover two and have played a lot of zone coverage, a lot of cover three so far this season. If they continue to do that, those could be things that can actually work in their advantage as long as they're not giving up the massive passing lanes and the rushing lanes and the ability to extend plays and stuff like that in the meanwhile, right? So that's going to be a big one. And maybe that's something that ends up helping them too, because that means that all of those defensive backs, all those players in coverage, instead of them having their eyes upfield or downfield, rather following the receivers, their eyes are back upfield on the quarterback. So maybe that helps them be a little bit more disciplined in holding those quarterback escape lanes and stuff like that as well. Now, the Saints do play a lot of cover one. It's what they play the most so far this season, or have played the most so far this season, according to our friends over at uh, Fantasy Points. But I mean, they play a whole lot of cover two. They play a whole lot of cover three as well. And that could work out very, very well in their favor by making Desmond Ritter process his way 
through his progressions, which is something he has not been super strong at doing. One of the things that he has been very strong at doing, though, is escaping and extending plays. So another another mobile quarterback that could give the New Orleans Saints some problems. He's not a dual threat guy, I wouldn't say, but he certainly got the mobility to be pesky. Can the New Orleans Saints finally put a cap, put a lid on one of these mobile quarterbacks? we got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Game Time, my go-to place whenever I need tickets, not only for sports, but for theater, for comedy, for music, for big events. There's a whole bunch of different reasons to check out Game Time, and not the least of which being the fact that they got deals and flash sales all the way down to the day of the event. I've even purchased tickets there like right before leaving the house to go to the event. Yeah, I do that a lot, especially like with Pelicans games and stuff like that. When there's a game I just can't miss, or I want to go and see the new, you know, play-in tournament, uh, uh, you know, stadium, or not stadium, but uh, arena floor and all that stuff. Game time gives me the opportunity to be able to make that decision on my own time. So take all the guesswork out, take all the planning out of your next event and go ahead and grab your tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, use the promo code Locked on NFL. For $20 off of your first purchase, terms apply. Again, create an account and use that promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. uh, Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. What does Desmond Ritter do well that could be pesky for a New Orleans Saints defense? Well, You already know one that's coming, but there's a little something extra that he can pull off pretty well that can give the Saints some trouble. I appreciate everybody for being here, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Big shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're checking out Locked on Sports today, our first ever national 24-7 YouTube stream. All of our Locked on national experts and our local experts delivering on the biggest news of the day. Make sure you're going to check that out. Subscribe to the Locked on Sports Today YouTube page right after this. All right. So now we're taking a look at the New Orleans Saints going up against Desmond Ritter. We talked about some of the things that the Saints can do well against Desmond Ritter, pressure him, right? Force him into mistakes, take advantage of those mistakes, all those things. But the other thing that the Saints should be looking at is getting prepared for what it is that Desmond Ritter does well. And there's two things in particular that he does well that could be nightmarish for the New Orleans Saints defense. The first of which is, of course, mobility. He's got enough mobility to be pesky against the New Orleans Saints. You've actually already seen it. He had an 18-yard run, six rushes for 38 yards in the uh, home win for the New Orleans Saints against the Atlanta Falcons, the last time that these two teams faced off when Desmond Ritter was a starting quarterback for them. That was a game in which the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, lost 21-8. to the Saints were five and nine. The Falcons were five and nine at that time. And that, of course, was on uh, last just before last Christmas. So uh, not far away from where these two teams are meeting up this season. But when you look at that game that they had uh, and, and the game that Desmond Ritter had against the New Orleans Saints, you'll notice something here. Uh, completed only 50 percent of his passes, 13 on 26 passing pass, only 97 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but was sacked four times for eight yards. And he took a big time sack percentage in this one, 13.33% of his dropbacks were sacked. So he was a little busy uh, getting roughed up by this New Orleans Saints defense. And I think that a big piece of that came down to A, New Orleans' ability to pressure him, but then B, like the coverage on the opposite side, right? The Saints got off to an early, early start in that game. They scored on the 
Uh, they scored twice in the first quarter, two touchdowns and 19 yard uh, pass and catch from Dalton, uh, from Andy Dalton to Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson would score his second touchdown of the game later on in the game as well. And then Rashid Shahid had the big 68 yard pass for a touchdown from Taysom Hill. Remember that one? And so that put the New Orleans Saints up to a 14-0 lead early, which forced Atlanta into a situation where they felt like they needed to throw the ball. So they kept putting the ball on the, uh, you know, through the air with their young quarterback, and the Saints' coverage was outstanding throughout this game uh, when it came to that. So I think that that's the thing that you're looking for in this one, is that he's got the ability to kind of like move around, extend plays, all that. But if the coverage can hold up and not let up, Hopefully this pass rush can can get home. But um, you know, look, he extended some plays. He did all of this last year, and this is something that the Saints have continuously struggled with so far this year: is putting a lid on these mobile quarterbacks. And while I would not call Desmond Ritter by any stretch of the imagination a dual threat quarterback or a run threat at quarterback, he's an athletic guy who can extend plays and who can improvise. Right, especially in that Cincinnati offense that he came from, it had a lot of those backyard. Like it was very pro style. But had some of those backyard, you know, football antics that could be a part of it as well. Get around, get loose, shake around, do all this stuff. Alex Pierce, Alec Pierce moving around and then finding, you know, those little pockets on the sideline and stuff like that. These are all things that he can do. And he's got some talented pass catchers to get it done with over in Atlanta now as well, including guys, of course, out of the backfield like Tyler Algier, as well as Bijan Robinson, who we're both who we're going to talk about both of those guys here in just a little bit. The other thing that Desmond does well is that he operates pretty well against man coverage. He understands when a defender has his back turned towards him that he might be able to fit a tight window pass in. He's good with back shoulder ball location, things like that. So when you get those man coverage opportunities, you really need the man coverage to be solid, right? And you need your players and their instincts ready to go and make a play on the ball as opposed to being specifically focused on trying to make a play at the receiver. So going for the ball, uh, raking through hands, doing all those things, right? And also turning around and making their own play on the ball and trying to outplay the wide receiver to come down with it. Something we've seen Paulson Adebo do very well so far this season. But he does pick apart man coverage pretty well. He does that a lot better than he does against zone coverage. And it's one of the reasons why, like, if you look at a lot of the fantasy information right now, they consider the Saints defense a plus matchup for Desmond Ritter because of that very reason, right? That's a part of it, the lack of pass rush. And then the other part of it is the fact that the Saints, uh, by most people's standards, play a lot of man coverage. This year, it doesn't feel like they have. They haven't disguised much. They haven't played a ton of man coverage. Maybe those things start to change here after the bye week. Maybe that's some of the let's hold on to it until kind of conversation. But if the Saints continue to do what they've done so far this year, which is play heavily in zone coverage, that might end up working out in their favor as we just broke down in the previous segment. Lastly, uh, play action. This is a place where Desmond Ritter plays very well. He's not asked to do play action a lot, uh, but when he does, he likes to go downfield and he tends to be pretty efficient with it. He's got a 12.1 average depth of target that's two yards on average deeper than than Derek Carr's, for instance, on those play action passes. And he produces well with the deep ball. So this is another thing to watch out for are the splash plays. As much as we talk about the run defense kind of continuing to sink or, or, or slide uh, as much as we've talked about the you know pass rush not being not feeling very present especially la- you know the latter half of the first ten games and all that the other thing the Saints have done is that they've given up some of those big splash plays look at T.J. Hawkinson look at Jordan Addison just last week look at the Chicago Bears right like in those games even against the Indianapolis Colts those are games that the Saints won the Bears and the Colts but they still gave up those big splash plays down the field 
And so that's another thing that you you should really be paying attention to in this one. Not only is Desmond Ritter good in terms of you know being pesky and being annoying and extending plays, but like he'll find his receiver down the field and put the ball where it needs to be for those big explosive plays. Explosive plays were a big focus on the Atlanta Falcons uh, offense this year because last year they didn't have a lot of explosive plays, but on drives where they had explosive plays, they scored points. It wasn't always that the explosive play scored points, but that built the momentum that they needed for that drive to be a point scoring drive, field goal, touchdown, whatever it was, right? Like that 20 yard pass, that 15 yard run, whatever that is, there have been those, those opportunities led to them scoring points last year. They wanted to infuse that into this season. And even though they haven't utilized Bijan Robinson in the way that you might expect them to utilize Bijan Robinson so far this season, those big one of the reasons why they added him, one of the reasons why they continue to invest in these big receivers is because they want those big explosive plays. And they're struggling to get them, but you don't want to let them get right against your New Orleans Saints defense. So those are the things that I'll be watching out for if I'm the New Orleans Saints. And those are the things that you should be watching out for throughout this game on Sunday, because these are the places where Desmond Ritter can be a headache for the New Orleans Saints defense, unless they have made some major strides over the course of the bye week. Coming up next, though, there's one more thing the New Orleans Saints need to do outside of Desmond Ritter that will help help create a crumble for that Atlanta Falcons offense, and it's take away the run game. Something that the Saints defense has not been very good at so far this season, but hasn't been as bad as you might expect. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. Let me tell you how it works because it's super simple. You pick two to six players. It's you versus the projections, you versus the house, no mystery lineups, no you know big pot of money, anything like that. It's you versus the projections. You pick two to six players, choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their Prize Picks projection. If you get all of them right, you can win up to 25 times your entry back. So for instance, right now, for this New Orleans Saints and Atlanta Falcons game, Bijan Robinson set at 62.5 rushing yards. I think it's going to be more or less than that. 47.5 receiving yards for Drake London, more or less. And then you can pick up the four other players and do that exact same thing. It's that simple. And again, you win those, you get those right up to 25 times your entry back right away. So I want you to go check them out today. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one. $100. It's the first deposit match up to $100 by visiting prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or using promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL. Prizepicks, daily fantasy made easy. Let's get it. Who that nation? Wrap it up today's episode of Locked On Saints. If the New Orleans Saints can take away the Atlanta Falcons run game, the Atlanta Falcons offense should crumble, right? in front of them. They appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. So we took a look at what it was that we thought that we think Desmond Ritter does well, uh, what it is the Saints can do well against Desmond Ritter as well. Now let's look at his supporting cast, particularly in the backfield, because managing the run game of the Atlanta Falcons is going to be pivotal to a New Orleans Saints win on Sunday. The uh, Falcons run game sets up its offense. It doesn't just set up its passing game or anything like that. It sets up its offense. If you don't limit it, the Falcons will win this game, right? Like if Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier and all these guys start running all over the place, Desmond Ritter picking up rushing yards as well. If, Cor- if Cordell Patterson's uh, 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 healthy, he you know contributing as well. 
it's going to be just a free-for-all up against this New Orleans Saints defense. So they have to be able to get this done. Now, the Saints rushing defense has gotten a lot of flack lately. But if you look at the game against the Minnesota Vikings, it actually performed well. If you take away the rushing yards and the rushing attempts of a Josh Dobbs, the scrambling quarterback that gave them a lot of trouble, um, you could see that the Saints actually held the Minnesota Vikings to under four yards per carry on the ground. Now, those are slow processing backs in Minnesota and a slow offensive line in Minnesota. You have a much more athletic offensive line in Atlanta, and you have some high-level, high-IQ, high-processing running backs in Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. So it's a bit of a different game plan there, but if the Saints are just disciplined and maintain their run fits and do the things that they need to do, they can take away some of those rushing alleys, not allow for those um, uh, those you know big rush lanes to open up and things like that that have caused them some issues earlier on this season. The New Orleans Saints, or excuse me, the Atlanta Falcons right now have the number seven rushing attack in the league. If you look back to that game that we mentioned earlier, the Saints running out to that 14 to zero lead. Well, one of the things that happened was when that lead started to narrow a little bit and the Falcons got within four, they got back on their run game. And when they got back on their run game, they got back on their run game. 231 rushing yards for the Atlanta Falcons in that game on uh, four, 39 carries. On 39 carries. And the two touchdowns that they scored in that matchup were both rushing touchdowns, one by Cordero Patterson, one by Tyler Algier. So uh, I think that the thing that you're looking at in this game, and one of the things that would make a big impact is if the New Orleans Saints run defense takes a big step forward coming out of those first two ga 10 games, going into the bye week, and then coming out of the bye week into the final seven. If they're able to do that, this is probably one of the best rushing attacks that they face for the, really is the best rushing attack they face for the rest of the season. For the most part, right? You could throw the New York Giants in there, especially as they're dealing with their quarterback stuff. But you saw Tommy DeVito just go off this past week and all this other stuff. So if the Saints are able to A, control time of possession on the offensive side, so string together longer drives, which they struggled to do in the first half against Minnesota, but then also take away the run or score early and put Atlanta in a situation where they don't feel comfortable going to their run game because Arthur Smith has shown a propensity to get away from the run game early uh, or as quickly as the Saints can sometimes get away from the run game, then there's a real opportunity for you to kind of put this in the way or create some distance early on. As we saw in that game that I referenced from last year, 231 rushing yards, two touchdowns, that's it, right? Like you can still win a game. You can still give up 230 rushing yards and win a game because rushing yards oftentimes don't put points on the board at a high enough level, right? So if they want to go for 231 rushing yards, but they are throwing for 97 yards or their quarterback's throwing for 97 yards, so be it. All yours at that point. That's totally fine. So, you know, it is a little bit of a trade, but I think what the Atlanta Falcons are going to want to do in this game is set up a physical brand by getting their offensive line to beat the New Orleans Saints offensive line and by running the football. And if the Saints can combat that and not allow them to be able to get that swagger, get that early confidence, it could go a long way for them. B. John Robinson right now just outside the top 10 in rushing yards. He's got two fumbles right now, but he's averaging nearly 4.9 yards per carry, while Tyler Algier is averaging just 3.2. Tyler Algier hovering around the 400 rushing yard area, while B. John Robinson's up over 600 rushing yards, and they both have the same amount of carries, 125 carries. So you can see the difference in production between a B. John Robinson and a Tyler Algier. One of the things that Atlanta has struggled with a lot so far this season, although they have been scoring at a fairly good percentage in the red zone, 
is getting the correct personnel out on the field or in the red zone. Everybody loves Bijan Robinson in the red zone. They have not been utilizing consistently Bijan Robinson in the red zone. They have similar issues to like kind of how the Saints kind of kind of run away from Taysom Hill sometimes and stuff like that. So we'll see how that ends up impacting this game. But if you see them in the red zone and you see them not have Bijan Robinson on the field, don't tell Arthur Smith. Don't say nothing. Let them let them do what they want to do. That's all good. That's their man's. Let them deal with it. But it, that's that to me is going to be the key. If the Saints can mitigate as much of the run game as possible, if they can uh, keep Desmond Ritter from being annoying and like extending plays and doing all that kind of stuff, if they can confuse him with a little bit of disguise in the zone coverage, and if they can put pressure on Desmond Ritter, those things should equate to a win for the New Orleans Saints. Now, that's kind of the game plan. We're going to look at the full game plan. What coverages should they use? What types of, you know, uh, uh, um, what types of concepts do the Atlanta Falcons like to run? All those other things. Like we're going to break all that down in the game plan episode on Friday, but this kind of gives you like an early introduction of how the New Orleans Saints can combat or be combated by two of the biggest things that the Atlanta Falcons have to offer on their offensive side, their quarterback and their blue chip running back in Bijan Robinson, as well as their run game, which is top 10 in the NFL. Coming up tomorrow, happy Thanksgiving. Also, happy crossover Thursday. Aaron Freeman and I will be coming through uh, with our crossover Thursday episode, breaking down this matchup even more. And then Friday, it's the game plan, giving you everything you need to know on how the New Orleans Saints can win this game against the Atlanta Falcons. Appreciate you, all you everydayers out there, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And I thank you very, very much for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.